on SAFM. The show goes on and we have to continue now. This should be concerning for the majority of South Africans who in any way are invested with uh, protect with the protection, I beg your pardon, of our democracy. Budget cuts to Chapter 9 institutions certainly are undermining democracy. Our next guest is concerned that the IEC will be faced with another budget cut after the Minister of Finance tabled his budget speech in Feb. The Chapter 9 institution itself, the IEC, is set to lose up to some $240 million in the medium term, that's 2022 rather to 2025, the next three years. The IEC has raised its concern on the budget cuts given that the mandate has been expanded in the last 18 months. The IEC has recently appeared before Poland's Committee for Home Affairs ahead of the 23-24 financial year. Last year, the Commission warned that continued underfunding will undermine its ability to hold elections that are free and fair. Certainly a lot to keep us awake. Not so, Ms. Lechlochonolo Lechele, Electoral Systems Researcher at My Vote Counts. Good evening, ma'am. Thank you so much for joining us. Good evening, Senator. Um, thank you so much for having me on the show. Your preliminary thoughts around this, generally, not just for the IEC, but generally, the threat that this is to the protection of democracy, when it institutions that really are there to protect it with growing mandate, with growing people to have to consider and issues to consider, budget cuts are just the quickest way to cap them at their knees. I mean, I think you're right. It should really keep us at up at night, especially because we're having elections um, next year. I mean, it might sound a bit far, but I mean, the work starts now. Um, and you know that we need to have elections that are free and fair. So if there's any sort of, you know, issues with the, with the credibility of, of, of such an election, I think it will really spiral us into very problematic conditions. So it's really, really important, you know, that the IEC is up to par. Um, I mean, they've been, you know, sort of one of those remaining sort of institutions that we really have our faith in. So I think it's very worrying that they might, you know, sort of expect uh, challenges simply because of budget cuts um, towards them. So we're really hoping, um, you know, they they reconsider, you know, and put some more funds into, you know, the such institution that we have, especially going into to next year, what many people deem will be a very contentious election. So we really need you know, the IEC to be, you know, on its feet and on its toes and be able to, to handle whatever pops um, come next year. My vote counts came certainly to the rescue in relation to engaging this question of whether or not the electoral system itself is designed on its own or as it reads in the Constitution to just be about parties. And of course, that decision that Madlanga ultimately penned became seminal in opening up, if you like, the options that I as a voter would have come at national general election, among other elections, of course. And that is facilitating for independence. How far are we down the road in relation for Parliament making the necessary amendments to the Electoral Act? I do know that they had a deadline they had to meet very recently. I think it was even last week. Mm-hmm. So Parliament has completed its process. So we're just waiting on the president to sign the bill, um, you know, in, in into law. So we do have something like that in the pipeline where independent candidates will be included in the national and provincial elections where they'll be able to contest. Um, I don't know if you know that there were a bit of issues around that in terms that in terms of you know independent candidates not being able to contest fairly. There is some issues of you know barriers to entry. So they 
playing field is not exactly level. So we also not certain whether you know once the president signs, that system will really up to will be up to scratch and will be constitutional simply because when Mazanga penned that um, judgment, as you said, he said that independent candidates need to be able to contest fairly along political parties. But what we're seeing now, that's not happening. Um, political parties are are really getting more of the seats. Um, even how the calculation will will be. Um, it's too favored, you know, towards political parties and big political parties. So independent candidates are really struggling in how the, the bill sort of looks. Um, but, I mean, the process has far gone, so we're just waiting for the president to sign. Um, and I do believe that there will be interested parties that are actually going to contest, you know, the legitimacy of that system um, based on the reasons that I'm just speaking to now. So um, it might be a bit of a challenge as well. I'm going to the election Could you this expand year. on that? Because I think you are not the first voice who has commented on how there are these high barriers of entries to which you make reference for independent mm. candidates. And it is disproportionately higher mm. or more cumbersome for them to even get onto the ballot sheet on the voters' roll in comparison to political parties. So just do paint, please, a picture for us, for those who might be intent on becoming independents, the kinds of hurdles that have that they would have to jump over. Um, I think I'll start with one, which is the issue of signatures. I think you would know that if, for instance, a political party, when you want to contest, you first register with the IEC. So now with independent candidates coming into the picture, um, they would need to register as well. But I mean, they need a lot of signatures compared to political parties. So um, I think they need 15% of the previous quota. So for instance, if um, you needed 45,000 votes for a seat, um, as an independent candidate, you need to garner 15% of that. So I don't know, that's probably what, between 8,000 and 15,000 um, signatures. So you need to go to um, a, const a, const a constituency looking for those signatures in, in order to, 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 to register with the IC and then you'll be able to contest. But the thing is, political parties that are already in parliament do not have to meet the requirement. Only independent candidates that are coming in and new political parties have to do that. So um, the, the, the field is not f uh, level in, in that instance. Um, the second issue is the one on geographical um, 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 constituents. So political parties, um, independent candidates will have to contest um, against political parties um, in what they're going to call um, constituencies. They, 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 they call them um, regions, um, which is, is essentially a, a whole province. So as, a, as an independent candidate, you need to um, contest against the political party something as big as a province like the Northern Cape. Um, you're going against um, a political party and you're just one individual person. So you need to go through that, getting votes, and we just say it's unfair simply because of the, 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 the amount of geographical location, whereas political parties are a big machinery and they've got people on the ground. So hence, um, one of the options for, for, for this was maybe to use the, the same system that we had at, at local government because it easily divides PR and what, and it, it's fair. But now we're just going to have... Um, essentially independent candidates just coming onto a PR system where they contest the same geographic location, which is really not possible. Um, I think the third issue is the issue of uh, proportionality that you um, alluded to. Um, this comes where the counting of the votes, for instance, um, in parliament, you know, uh, for the National Assembly, you have 400 seats. So what happens is that political parties are eligible to contest all 400, whereas um, independent candidates only contest for the half. 
So already there is that you know disadvantage for them. So as an independent candidate, because you're one person, so once you gain the amount of votes that you need for a seat, that's it. So if you get more than forty-five thousand votes, for example, you get one hundred and fifty. Um, the the, the other votes will be um discarded they go back into a pool of, of of votes and they can easily go to to the next party in line when the threshold decreases simply because you get your your, your seat so there isn't um really uh thought about what happens to to, to your votes i mean people have, would have voted for you but once you hit the number that's required that's it um the, you know you and also another issue is um there's this no by election going to be inevitable against the fact that every one of those in parliament who decided what this bill would ultimately be despite their political differences at least they were on the same page in relation to one thing they had a vested interest to protect themselves their tenure their continued presence in parliament so this bill is largely skewed in favor of the political party system which all of those members who are discussing this very bill are beneficiaries of, to the extent, stroke, detriment of those independent mm. candidates. So we can hardly be surprised we are having this conversation against that background. Um, I think so, because, I mean, the minister is the one that introduced the bill in parliament, actually. Um, and so it's essentially just cosmetic changes to the PR system that we have. There's really no constituency sort of based system in any case so it was really you know setting up independent candidates for failure you know simply because of how 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 it looks and i think you're right it's an issue of you know the balance of power in parliament it would be very difficult to expect you know the takers to vote for christmas in, in in this instance it's political parties you know expecting them to make room um you know for independent candidates i don't know it's it's fear or, or what but i mean we have a judgment in place and we need to um, abide by that judgment um, ultimately. So I don't think it, it was re really up to them. And hence, we had such, such a pushback from civil society to say, look, you need to meet the constitutional court judgment. This is what Judge Matlanga said. Um, and I think that's why we might have um, might face legal action once this, this bill is, is an act um, in a few weeks or months, I suppose. Let's talk about the funding crisis now. A drop in 240 million rand over the next three years for the IEC at a time where it is by some distance, probably second only to 1994, facing the biggest election. Biggest election by virtue of voter registration or rather of those eligible to vote. There is a great push to have those persons on the voters roll, number one. Number two, the sheer impact of what the election outcome could be if popular reports are to be anything to go by. What that means for the IEC is it needs to be prepared. It needs to have men and women on the ground, including those employed as well as volunteers. The long and short of it is it needs arsenal like never before. A funding cut is not consistent with all of this, is it? It's not. Um, they first had the cut last year, um, so it'll be this year and it'll be next year. So, um, so there's that process that the IC is currently undergoing. Because I mean, the election is only 2024, but I mean, the preparation starts early. Because I know they have a registration weekend for this year already. So you could understand that um, cuts really affect things like that. Um, they are not able to expand their manpower. Um, especially with this bill, once it becomes an act, the IC would need to quickly 
you know, would sort of change the systems that they have. So um, it's just like the pilots, the number of pilots is going to change, the configuration of the pilots, the issue of the, the, the nomination system is going to change because now independent candidates are possibly going to be included um, come next year. So, and also teaching people as well about the new system because um, they're going to vote differently. So people need to understand the outcome of, of, of the election because of the changes that have been inserted. So um, it's quite a lot for, for the IEC. Um, they really, really need the, the, the resources in order to, to, to be able to handle. So budget cuttings is really something that they're not supposed to be getting. But I mean, it's one of those um, strategy measures that are, are, are we see from, from National Treasury, unfortunately. Generally speaking, this has tended to be the trend as well, especially in the last couple of administrations, this one and the one before it, where institutions like the IEC and the Public Protector's Office, for instance, as well, we also know that the National Prosecuting Authority is on record saying that they need more money and the budget that they currently have is not enough to meet the demands of ensuring for the successful prosecution of crimes. What does that, as somebody who is at a public benefit organization that looks into securing our democracy, what does this generally communicate? Or worse, what are the inevitables of this kind of approach? I think two things that we probably could have taken away from the, the cuts, I mean, the issue of, of strategy measures, um, and the other issue is how these institutions use um, their, their, their funding. So it is very critical to understand um, budget allocations to these departments and sort of go through they are, are, are spending patterns. I know with the with the IEC there was um you know issues of underspending in the previous year, but I don't think you know Treasury could have easily leaned on that to say you know, this is the reason that we 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 having pay cuts. I think they need to I mean budget cuts. Um, so I think the the IEC should be able to 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 explain its expenditure. I remember also for 2021, you'd remember we had the um COVID, so there was sort of a sort of a surplus from IEC because they could not do other activities. So the elections were really you know very small um in that sense so there was a surplus so i'm thinking you know uh, these are one of the reasons that um national treasury took some of the funds to say we gave you the money you've you didn't manage to use it but i think they did not understand the rationale you know for some of these institutions why because um the years are quite different with the, when we have an election year and when we don't um the iec really um has different you know um focuses or mandates so the money works differently. So I think they really need to understand um, instead of cutting simply because they underspend um, and then the issue of austerity measures that we're also fighting against. 2158, I'm in conversation with Ms. Letlochonolo Letsele, Electoral Systems Researcher at My Vote Counts. I would imagine at My Vote Counts itself, the institution is readying itself for serious litigation in relation to everything that would be as a consequence of this draft bill and some of the challenges that invariably come up when it's time to prepare and to run a national election, not least one of the kind that 2024 is primed to be. For yourselves, what are you anticipating and what are the things that you're already, because of that anticipation, preparing for in a minute? Um, not as in particular, but I know there are civil societies that are actually, um, you know, just waiting for the president to sign. And immediately when that happens, they will, you know, lodge a, an application to simply say that um, the, the, the act is unconstitutional because um, 
independent candidates are not going to be able to contest fairly. So I think that will really throw a spanner into the works because the IEC needs to get going. So I think it will actually stop the process. So it might be very difficult. And things we're not even sure whether um, the president is going to sign because he was expected to sign by the 28th of February and he still hasn't done so. So we, we really don't know. It's quite a lot. Um, um, legally, so we, we it's just a wait and see for 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 now actually, um to see whether in fact we will be even using the system, um coming next because we're really really running out of time, so it might not even be possible because of how things look. Yeah, we certainly are running out of time, and many would say we have run out of time. We here on the platform can confirm it is twenty two hours. No two ways about it. Time is up. We've run out of it. Thank you so much, Miss Miss electoral systems researcher at my vote count giving us some views as to the implication of the budget cuts and specifically how the IEC will have to rearrange herself as we look forward to to 2024